0: Hello, and welcome to The Campaigns, the actual play podcast from the RPG Academy. I am Michael, and this is The Campaigns City of the Damned, Episode 3 Frog Guts. Now, this whole adventure, which I'm calling The Cursed City of Calamod or City of the Damned, is based on my synergy concept of using a pack of Magic the Gathering cards to inspire a game. Once all the episodes are out, I'll share my outline that I wrote and use as my adventure guide. This is for anyone out there who wants to have a better idea of how I prepare for and run my games or if you just want to run this adventure for your table you should be able to use that outline to do so. This episode picks up with the PCs having returned the celestial flare which is a uh, feather that seems to be continuously on fire to the wizened goblin at the city of Calamot. He then tells them that the feather will keep the curse at bay long enough for them to track down the thief and fall and find the ball of miracles and return it. He tells them then to head for Riley, a nearby trading city, as that is the most likely place for the thief to go to try to get out of this area quickly. Travis and Nick were not able to play again this week, um, so we do we are npc in their characters, but we do have Evan as the wizard Belial and Dustin as the monk Ando. Here is The Campaigns, City of the Damned, Episode 3, Frog Guts. So previously on City of the Damned, the four characters were led out of the cells and out of the city by a old wizened goblin using a lantern that cast a weird red light. It looks like there was a glob of lava that was producing the light and sort of shrouded you from detection. So he was able to get you out of the city. He got you into a skiff that was parked on the outside of the cities and gave you directions to an abandoned temple that he said had fallen into the wrong hands for t- far too long. Using his directions, you were able to make your way to a uh, just an old temple in the middle of the swamp that had sort of an aura around it of uh, vitality. So even within the midst of the swamp, the trees were blooming, the grass was green, the sun was shining. But the temple itself was covered with um, sort of rhino iconography. I actually said it right that time. You fought your way through, just killed many, many Yonti, including one gigantic mutant, one with four arms. You eventually recovered the Celestial Flare, which is an angel feather. You then made your way back through the swamp and have just now returned to the city, giving the Celestial Flare to the goblin, who then told you you need to go to the city of Riley, where the thief is most likely heading, who originally stole the ball, the wizard's ball, that was keeping all these people's curses dormant or at bay or neutralized in some fashion. So unless you're going to do anything else, we're going to start with you guys back on the boat, heading back to the swamp towards the city of Riley. Do you guys have anything in particular you want to do?
1: Nope. have your spells?
0: Yeah, it's been several days, so you will need to repick your spells or reassign them. Now, when we first started the game a couple weeks ago, I indicated that the city that you found, none of you had ever heard of it before. It wasn't on any maps that you know of, and it was just by the guidance of Evan's Wizard's Ball that you found it. The city of Riley you have heard of before. It is a a trade hub. It's on the edge of the swamp, but it's mostly, it's actually sort of at the point where a a true forest butts up against the swamp and there's a river there. So it's sort of a trade route along the river. There's also skyships that fly out of that city and they haul out precious metals, gems, and also something called sore wood, which is a particular type of tree that grows in this forest that it isn't magical, but it has properties that make it Easier for skyships to fly, so it's a very precious commodity. And if this thief is in this area, that would be the easiest way for him or her to get out and to get far, far away. The wizened old goblin also told you at this point, I think with our math, you have 17 days to come back with the wizard's ball before he indicates that what's happening in the city will reach a critical mass and, and you guys will not be able to undo the effects. Uh, he also indicates that it should take you three days to get to Riley through the swamp. So, assuming three days there, three days back, that actually gives you eleven days to find the thief, recover the ball. So, the first thing we're going to do, much like before, since and to the listeners, we have two people missing again. Travis and Nick were not able to make it again this week, so we're uh, we only have Evan and Dustin playing. So, I'll kind of fill in their characters as I feel is necessary. Is you will need to navigate through the swamp. So one of you will need to navigate, one of you will need to be lookout. So per the exploration rules, we'll go ahead and roll those rolls now, and then we'll determine if they mean anything. So I think last time Evan navigated, I don't know if you guys want to keep that that way or switch it up. That's
2: fine.
1: Yep, that's fine.
0: All right, so Evan, you need to roll a wisdom check for your navigation roll, or I think you actually, your character has survival, so we allowed you to, Mm -hmm. so you can include your proficiency bonus. No. What'd you get? Four. All right, and your lookout roll, which is a wisdom check as well.
1: 13 plus 4 so 17
0: okay all right so you travel for about 6 or 7 hours in the general right direction and much like on the way to the temple the goblin gives you some specific directions that at this unique looking tree you want to veer to the right there's a you know a rock that has shaped like a turtle you want to make sure you go to its left uh it mentions there's like just these sort of unique landmarks and about six, seven hours into the first day, you have yet to come to the first one of those. And you realize that you probably have taken a wrong direction. So fortunately, nothing hampers your movement, but you are going to have to renavigate and you've lost half a day. Also, the weather, as I've kind of mentioned the last couple of games, has been cold and a little bit snowy. It's actually starting to pick up and it's starting to rain quite heavily. Because you're still somewhat in the swamp, you're somewhat protected, but it is going to be probably kind of miserable for the next couple of days. Because you're in a skiff, there's no tarp. There's no cover to this. It's also really cold, so at night there's a good chance the water's going to freeze. Well, the
1: weather's fitting.
0: Yes. All right. so you need to re-roll your navigation. Now, you can assist him with this, but that means nobody will be on lookout. So if you think it's more important that you go in the right direction, you have the option of offering assistance, which will give him a small bonus to his role, but then you're not going to see if anybody's trying to ambush you. No, not this time. I'll
1: Continue to look out.
0: Okay. So what did you get for your navigation roll that time? Thirteen. Okay. And go ahead and roll for lookout once again. Top one. One. All right. Plus your wisdom. Yeah, so five. Five. So after backtracking for a couple hours, you eventually come to the, that particular tree that uh, the wizened old goblin indicated. You feel really confident that you are now on the right path and you continue to follow it. So this takes up. It's now late into to the evening. It's... uh cloudy it's overcast it actually starts to snow quite heavily so the rain turns over to snow right about nightfall so you guys want to try to find some sort of shelter for the night because you're in the middle of a swamp but again there are certain places where there's mounds of dirt that you could you know make a a sort of camp at it's still going to be very exposed but it's not sitting in a boat in the middle of the water getting snowed on
2: well well If we don't sleep, will we incur penalties?
0: There's no rules for that yet, but going back to older editions, yes, you'd have to make constitution checks or you'll suffer from fatigue, which will start giving you negatives. Like the first day, it's probably pretty minor, but they would accumulate if you don't rest at all the next day after that. Let's
2: just keep going for right now.
1: Is your ball telling you anything?
0: No, your ball is silent. Your ball continues to give you... Every time you sort of try to probe it with your mind or with your feeling... You just keep getting an image in your mind of a tick that's just completely full and is just sated and is just sort of processing the meal it's had. So whatever book it was that it absorbed is pretty much made it complacent for the moment. Okay. So you need to go and roll another navigation roll and I'm going to give you some negatives since you're navigating at night. Seven. Seven. All right. And another lookout roll.
1: 1923. All right.
0: So you guys push on through that first night. You, You don't make a lot of headway as far as distance because you are having to constantly backtrack because you're losing your direction quite a lot. You don't get lost again. It just takes up more time than it should to get where you're going. It also keeps you awake the entire night so you're not trying to sleep in the cold. And while it's very miserable, it is survivable. So you're just kind of wet, tired, probably a little hungry, probably a little frustrated and angry, but you're alive.
1: Right, because I don't think you know where you're going.
0: Apparently not. I, I didn't say I did. You got the same directions he did. All right. So go ahead and give me one more roll.
1: 10. 20.
0: So this day it continues to snow. It gets even heavier. You imagine that this is a snowfall that's probably going to drop anywhere from six inches to a foot of snow over the course of the, the event. So you probably got two to three inches now. It's sort of blanketing everything, which makes it even more difficult to navigate because some of the features you're looking for turtle shaped rock looks more like a snow-covered rock than anything else. So you continue to kind of lose a little bit of time. You continue in the general right direction. You know that you're making headway, but probably not by the most expedient route. The entire second day, you travel without any incident. So it's now the next night. Are you going to try to push through again, or are you going to try to camp? It's still snowing. It's still going to be miserable no matter what you do. Do you want to camp? Yep, we'll camp. Okay, go ahead and Since you have survival, and actually if you want to help him, so what you do is you make a wisdom check. 19. All right. And that gives you advantage on your, wisdom, on your survival check. 12. To include your bonus and your proficiency bonus. Yep. That's right. You have a terrible wisdom, even though you're proficient in it. So a 12 is sufficient enough. You find a sort of a, a mound of earth that gets you out of the water. You guys take the skiff and like turn it upside down and kind of make a lean to build a small fire, keeps you warm, kind of hides the light. And you pass the night pretty miserably. You guys can take watches, but nothing's going to happen on that night. So it's now the third day. You're not quite a full day behind. So you expect to get there either late tonight or possibly the next day. So I need one more set of rolls
1: from you. Navigation. 13. 11. So we might get attacked.
0: So as you continue to to sort of push your skiff through the swamp, you come into an area where there's just sort of like a small mound of dirt on either side of you, it's almost like you're on a stream now, more than in a swamp. So if you were to try to go left or right more than a couple of feet, you would actually have to take, like, pick up the boat and carry it over. Like you couldn't actually just go left or right. And you continue down this little stream-like area for a few hundred yards, uh, and it twists and it turns and it gets a little deeper, a little shallower, shallower, and it continues to get shallow to the point that the bottom starts to sort of hit rocks, and you realize that you're not going to be able to take the boat any further. It is still the right direction, so you think you're probably just going to have to take the boat and carry it for a few feet, few yards until you clear this and go a little bit further. So you guys want to turn around, or do you want to keep going and just pick up the boat and carry it?
1: Just keep going. All right,
0: so the four of you, because the other two are here, are able to easily, because you don't have a lot of gear, you pick up the boat, you, you walk. It, it crests on a small plateau, so there's you're probably on an area... Not quite the size of a football field. It's sort of a dry land sort of in the middle of the swamp area and it's uneven. It's rocky and there's trees, but it's, it's pretty well flat and dry. And you're continuing to, to walk to the other side and you notice that there's a couple places where there's the water has sort of seeped up and there's just like a big pool of water over here and there's a big pool of water over there. Calm, still water doesn't really seem out of the ordinary. They're just noticeable. However, as you guys get sort of in the middle between them, Two giant frogs about the size of a Clydesdale leaps one out of each of these water pits. On their back is a frog-like humanoid. So it looks like a Teenage Mutant Ninja frog carrying spears. And they launch a surprise attack at you. So we will roll. Alright, so the first frog giant is going to try his sticky tongue attack. We will do... Ando. I got a total of a 20. Yeah, my armor class is 16. Okay, so the creature does not actually do any damage at this point, but it essentially whips its tongue out, wraps it around you, pulls you into its mouth, and now it's going to attempt to bite you. Gross. And it has advantage on this bite, and I got a 17 to hit. Yep. You are swallowed. You take uh, five points of damage, and you are inside of this frog creature. And you, at this moment, you are blinded and grappled or restrained. All right, the second one. Now there's only three of you. Is going to attack Glug.
1: Mmm, frog.
0: And it misses. All right, so now we're going to roll initiative. So essentially, that first couple seconds, Ando is, and he's gone. Can't see him. Can't hear him.
1: He's just gone. I hope I don't have to come out the back door. All
0: right, so on this turn, the frogs are going to go first. So you take three points of damage at the start of its turn. You're being digested in its stomach. So the second frog is going to attack Team Belial. It hits with a critical success. So you take... Well, all that does is pull you. It actually doesn't do any damage. So you are... Tongue lashes out, grabs a hold of you, pulls it to its mouth. It now gets to try to bite you with a 16 versus armor class. Mm-hmm. You are swallowed. You are inside the creature. You are restrained and blinded hmm. and uh it doesn't matter what the... okay so i guess the bully wugs will attack the two people that are left there's two of them on each <laughs> things are not going well for our adventures they're both hit uh, by the bully wugs for three points of damage each okay ando you are blinded
1: and in the belly of a frog
0: You're in the belly of a frog so let me double check so i can tell you what this means because you can do stuff. You can try to fight your way out, but you are at some disadvantages because of your. Gonna kick out the back door. Because
1: I'm blind and restrained. consumed. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So those give you some, uh, negatives and how you can do what you need to do. Alright. Blinded. You automatically fail any checks related to sight. All attack rolls against you have advantage. All of your attack rolls have disadvantage. Uh, your speed becomes zeros. And you have disadvantage on dexterity saving throws. So essentially, you can try to kick, punch, bite your way out of the thing, but you have disadvantage on your attacks.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm going to bite my way out. Okay. One. <laughs> I bit my own tongue, I Yeah, think.
0: you Yeah, uh, you tried to navigate within there blinded and basically don't do anything.
1: Yeah, uh, good for me.
0: But Lyle, you cannot cast spells in your current condition.
1: I'll
2: just try to hit it. Or okay. is there something different to do besides attacking? Like, uh, try to get out. At
0: this particular moment, the only thing you can do is try to attack. Now, taking a quick step back, you guys did find two items. I believe that you gave the bard the armor and you kept the dagger. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you do have a magical dagger. Probably a big idea to attack with that.
2: I don't know, uh, if it gives me a, a bonus or anything. It doesn't. You, you don't know that. Okay. So you're at disadvantage on your attack. Can I use my regular melee attack bonus? But, um. Which is for the quarter staff. Uh, I believe I
0: a, a dagger uses, it's a finesse weapon, so it uses your dexterity modifier. Okay. Your strength. 16. You got to roll twice because you have disadvantage.
2: Six.
0: Six misses. So Carter is going to attack the frog that you're in because they can kill it that way and free you. He misses. And Glug will attack the frog that you're in.
2: Did yes. I take damage on my turn?
0: I think actually the way it's supposed to work is you take it on the frog's turn. So now it's the frog turn. So both of you take three damage. Bellywugs. Okay. Didn't expect to kill you guys with this encounter, but here, <laughs> this, this is where we're at. All right, Ando, you are in the belly of a giant frog. Roll two for... You're disadvantaged, yes. So
1: you take the lower of the two. Sixteen. Uh, plus, was it my melee?
0: Yeah, sixteen's high enough. So plus three, yeah. All so right, so nice you down. can do damage.
1: Damage is normal. Three, D6 plus three, so six. So you, so, kind of explain to me what you did there. Um, I didn't know her, where I was, so I just kicked as hard as I could and, uh, just tried to cause as much damage as I all could. Right.
0: All right. Uh, Belial. Nope. Cause they're not that hard to hit. So if you get anything in the teens area, you might want to go ahead and tell me. All right. So Crabtree is going to attack the frog that you're in. He's going to miss. Glug's going to attack the one you're in. He's going to hit. Yeah. Who's Crabtree? Oh, Carter seven points of damage all right so you feel like a pounding imagine you're on the inside of a drum and someone just bangs the outside of it and it just sort of everything in you just sort of jiggles and sloshes and blood and guts and half digested ando flashes around you actually feel it doesn't take any damage but you actually physically feel that and it's entirely possible that he could hit you Right. Next time. So it's possible that you can take damage from him while you're in there. But the creature that you're in is substantially weaker now than it was. Back to the top. So both of you take three points of damage. Not good. All right. Ando.
1: No.
2: Delisle. Twelve. Twelve is what you need. With the dagger. So I don't know what it does. Okay. So go ahead and
0: roll your damage as normal.
2: Five.
0: Okay. All right. You will take three points of damage. All right, Ando.
1: I think I'm missing a leg at this point. One. i have got a one and a sixteen. So then we started a new adventure.
0: (laughs) Okay. Ando, or Blyle. Nope. Carter hits.
1: Next time around, I'm dead. All right. You sort of feel
0: like a rapier blade goes sliding through the stomach and just barely misses your face. And so for a split second, you actually can see, and then the fat of the stomach. Creature's stomach sort of clenches back up and retracts. But the whole creature sort of shivers. It was hit pretty substantially. It doesn't die, but it's definitely tragically wounded at this point. All right. So let's see if Glug can free you. No. Ah. (laughs) All righty. Giant frogs. You both take three damage. I'm dead. All right. What are you actually at? Zero. Zero. Okay. Ando, you need to roll a save. Is that
1: a d6? It's d20. A d20. Yep. Two.
2: Congratulations! He failed. Belial. Hit. Okay. Four six damage.
0: All right. So you just managed to, to get a, the blade just in the right place. You come ripping like this, and you just open it up like a C-section, and you just sort of come sliding out of this creature, and falling on the ground beside of it. The rider actually falls off of it and is partially... Like like an old west, the 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 bullywug is half covered by the frog as it falls off to the side. So you are free. Ooh, uh, since you're free, Carter is going to attack the other bullywug that you're in, and he hits. Oh, this sure. It's a very very good thing for you.
1: This time he hits. For
0: all right. So as before, he's able to basically cut open just enough. And able to get you out on the ground. So you're still dying, but you're not dead. Right. Very important.
1: I am not frog poop. Yep.
0: You're not in frog poop. And then Glug, it misses. All right. So both frogs have been eviscerated. All right. The Bullywugs. There's three of you up. And he's not going to attack you. He would attack Glug. That makes more sense since... Okay. He's going to miss. And miss. All right. Ando. you Need to make another saving throw. 15. Okay. So the way it works, death and dying, is you keep rolling those until one of three things happen. One, you roll three fails. It doesn't have to be in a row, just total. All right. You die. You roll three passes. You're stable. Unless something else happens, you're okay. Or you roll a natural 20. If you roll a natural 20, then you basically immediately pop up to one hit point, and you're able to rejoin the battle. Okay. Unless, or actually, I guess, fourth thing, somebody else could try to do something and save you.
1: Like Glug.
2: Yeah. All right, Belial. I'm going to run to him. Okay. And try to heal him. Okay.
0: So, wisdom check.
2: Uh, 11. All right. You
0: are stabilized, so you don't have to roll checks anymore. Unless something happens, you're not going to get any worse. Okay,
1: so just stay at zero then? You just
0: stay at zero then. All right. Carter is going to attack. Misses. And Glug is actually going to come over, and he will cast one of his healing spells on you. Yay. 14 points. So he calls upon the power of his god. There's a glowy light surrounds his hand. And you sort of eyes pop open and you're invigorated with this divine energy. And your wounds are not completely healed, but they're healing much, much faster than they would in normal life. All right, back to the Bullywug. So there's three of them.
1: Does that give me 14 hit points? Four,
0: yeah, so you go to zero first and then you go to 14.
1: Okay.
0: All righty. So the first one's going to attack you. It's going to miss. These guys are not very good at this. All right, and the other two attack Carter and Glug, and both of them hit. All right. Ando, you are laying on the ground. Glug is over top of you, but you feel much better. There's three of these frog-like creatures that are still up and around.
1: Hey, um, I'm going to jump to my feet. Okay. And then attack the nearest one. Okay. Uh, Fifteen. Fifteen what? Eighteen. So,
0: uh, eight. All right, so your first attack staggers this one. Uh, These aren't very tough creatures. You know, they're frog men. Uh, But he's still alive, still able to attack you, but you essentially take him to half or less of his hit points.
1: I hate frogs.
0: Belial.
2: Um, Uh, How many frogs are there?
0: There's three frogs, but they're all kind of spread apart. They're not really together. How far apart are all of them? Probably no more than 30 feet would be, like, the furthest one from the other. There's still a fourth one that's alive. He's just trapped under a giant frog right now.
2: Oh, I thought these were the giant frogs that I. Were no, the about. frogs are dead. They both were dead. That's how you got out. So now these out. are the frog. These people. are the frog people. Um, I'll try to put one of them to sleep. Whichever one seems to be hurt.
0: Okay. The one that uh, he just kicked in the back of the
2: head. Twelve hit points is what I can affect. Okay. So if he has less than twelve, then he's asleep.
0: And he goes asleep. So you have two active and one trapped bullywug that's left. Carter effectively coup de grace that one, so he's completely dead. And Glug will go and take the one that was strapped. So you now have two that are left. First one's going to attack Glug. Hits. Second one attacks Ando. Misses. Take that. All right, Ando. So there's a frog creature right in front of you.
1: Just going to front kick, try to kick it right in the face, Take right. its head off. 14 plus 4, so 18. That will hit. Uh, five. Okay.
0: Solid hit, but not enough to stagger it. Belial, you still have two frog creatures that are up and about.
2: Try to put the next one to sleep. 21 hit points. That puts
0: him down. Alrighty. Between Carter and Glug, they're going to be able to take the other one out. So you have one sleeping bully bullywug left.
1: I'm just kill him. Okay. Squish its head.
0: They're, from what you know, they're pretty simple minded. There's probably not a lot of information that it would have been able to give you. Maybe might have been useful as a guide to get you through the rest of the swamp, but now you'll never know. All right. So now what would you guys like to do? You're covered in fish, frog, acid guts. I think I need a shower.
1: <laughs> rest and heal. How many hit points do
2: you have? Yeah, I only have two hit points. Let's see right. if we can take a full rest here and then... So a full
0: rest is going to be like a, a
2: day. I thought it was eight hours. Well, I mean,
0: yeah, essentially it's an eight, eight hour. You could do a short
2: rest, use your hit
0: dice... Combined with Glug spells, and probably get back to full health.
2: Okay, um, I'll use my hit dice.
0: All right, so well, we'll let well, Glug heal you guys first.
2: So he
0: will go ahead and throw another one your way for twelve more hit points. I am
1: fully healed. And
0: then he will throw eight at your your way. And then he is out of spells for the
2: day. How well? How low down are you? I'm at ten out of fourteen. Okay. And I just used two hit dice and gained two hit
0: points. (laughs) Congratulations! All right, you can also use this time to use your Arcane Recovery to get one of your spells back. After the encounter with the frogs, you're a little bit more aware of how things can ambush you in the swamp. Pay a little bit more extra attention and you're able to avoid a couple other potential encounters. And at the end of the the following day, so four days in the swamp, you find yourself coming to the edge of the forest and, and the town of Riley. Riley's a medium-sized town. It's about the same size of the town you came from, but it's it's basically just a trading hub. There's not very few people that live there other than people who just like work the mines, lumberjacks. It, you know, it's a place you come in and out of. You don't really stay. Uh, as you guys approach, there's a defensive wall that has been set up between the city and the swamp, probably because these frog creatures and other things. Uh, it is patrolled. So as your skiff comes closer, you're hailed by a guard. Ho! Oh, what brings you to the to our town? I forget. Yeah, you go ahead.
2: What's
1: he look like? Just
0: normal humanoid guard person, average height, average build. He's got a helmet on, so you can't really see his face or his hair.
1: You probably don't want to yell. We were sent by the Goblin. Yeah.
2: We are
1: uh, a boy band.
2: A trav We're a traveling. We're a traveling act, and that got our uh, our guide was taking us through this area. On to somewhere else, and he was killed, and we don't know, we're, we're a little lost.
0: You're a lot lost. You're lucky to have survived the swamp.
2: Well, we're just looking to get someplace safe until we can get our, get back to our bearings.
0: All right. Well, come on in. I'll, I'll want the uh, the captain to speak to you for a minute, but we can at least get you warm and dry. And uh, he kind of, you know, uses his foot to pull the skiff up against like a little dock area, ties it off seems very open, not really, you know, he's not, like, holding a sword or anything. He's just like, all right, come on, follow me. Okay. He, uh, follows you, you follow him to, like, a an area where there's a, a door built into the blockade. He opens it up. Just inside, there's a little, like, 10-by-10-foot 10 10 room, like an old-timey western, you know, jail cell. There's just, like, half of it's an office and half of it's cells. He asks you just sit down inside there. It doesn't put you in the cell. There's a fire and, like, a little pot-belly stove there, so you guys are able to get warm and dry. And he basically just Sends someone else to, to go get the guard captain. And you hear him say, that go get Grant and bring him back to talk to the strangers. About probably 10, 15 minutes pass, and then a, another guard comes in. He's wearing some decoration that indicates probably some sort of rank. And um, sort of the same thing, like, you know, what are you guys doing here? How, how did you get here? And just waits for you to tell the story again. So I need you to roll a charisma check. 18. All right. You're convinced dustin that he's telling the truth at this point like you actually start to think that you were a traveling band of gypsies that got lost in the swamp and that your guide was killed because he's doing such a great job of selling the story
1: ready to start singing
0: yeah so about three quarters of the way through your story there's a bit of a commotion as another guard runs into the room and he's just he's like shouting but he's not shouting like you know just like he's happy you know he's it's like jimmy stewart at the end, he's just like, hey, Mr. Potter. and just He's like clapping the guys on the back, and he's kissing them on the cheeks. And he's just like he's so excited, and he's elated. And the other guards are obviously looking at him like he's crazy. And he's like, my son, he, he's cured. He, I can't believe it. It's a miracle. And they're all congratulating him. And just you sort of get the story that his son's been very sick for a very long time. And just miraculously now he's completely better, and they're all excited for him. And You guys are somewhat lost in this. And a couple minutes later, the guard looks over. and goes, "You guys want to speak to Alden at the at the ship dock at the docking station? You can probably get you on the next ship out of here because of the weather. We've been delayed, so there's a couple of ships that are backed up."
1: And he just sort of dismisses you and lets you guys go into the town. Definitely think it has something to do with the ball. So should we check out his house or?
2: It could have been penicillin. It could have no. been.
1: I don't think it is.
2: There is a penicillin ball. <laughs> Okay. Are they? What are they? Are they expecting us to do something?
0: No. Basically, he just told you you want we to speak go somewhere. to Alden
2: at the docks. Okay, we'll go mm-hmm.
0: there. Okay. So as you guys make your way through the town, and again, it's medium sized. Mostly, it's like a work camp. You got things that are being loaded here, and carts, mine carts, that kind of thing. And at the far edge, there's three just really tall wooden towers that have been built straight up. And they're not defensive towers like on the castle. They're just high enough, and you can see that there's ships that would dock there almost like zeppelins you know they basically parked there so people can uh load on and off and cargo and that kind of thing and there's two of them that are sitting there that the only two airships that you see as you walk through the town though you do notice a couple other odd things like you're in dead of winter there's snow on the ground but there's like there's like one small little garden that's fully in bloom there's like you know one tree that's got apples hanging from it that are fresh and ripe um As you walk through, you like just sort of passing like a restaurant, you hear some woman who's just super excited that her long lost love has finally returned after all these years and they're going to get married and just probably four things happen as you go through the town that clearly some sort of magical effect is bringing positivity to this town and and miracles are happening all around you. But you make your way to the ship docks without any issue. And there's a there's like a foreman who's down there and he's sort of coordinating efforts um, and he's clearly the guy that you want to talk to.
1: Well, let's go talk to him.
0: So he's busy. He's not really looking at you or paying attention. He's he's doing his thing.
1: What
2: What did we need to talk to him for?
0: We
1: need to find out about
0: the tiger claw. Because
2: but why did they say that he's the guy that we want to talk to?
0: Because they assumed that you wanted to get on a ship and leave, and he would be the man to see about that.
1: Okay. Well, there's a lot of good fortune in your town. Has this been recent, or has this been ongoing? News to me. I've been very unfortunate, actually. We've been stuck here
0: for four days because of the snow. We're already behind. we got two shipments piling up.
2: Do you need any help? What can you do? Make
0: people sleep.
2: (laughs) Um, I need people to work harder, not sleep. I mean, I'll labor as good as any any other man. I grew up on a farm. Strong back? Mm Mm-hmm.
0: He does the typically, like, wants to look at your hands and see if they're all calloused and... Hands of a workman or hands of a nobleman. Do you show him your hands? I'm a master. <laughs> <laughs> Debater? Yeah.
1: they work hands are just well lotioned. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, uh, he says, okay, if you can, uh, kind of points over, there's some, you know, stone chests or like stones and chests and boards and things that cargo needs to be loaded. It's like, you join in. Uh, we'll count that as your fare.
1: What about you? I was a, uh, a laborer as well. So any help you need, Excellent. I can help.
0: All right. He looks over at the other two and, uh, Nick's character says, you know, I can perform on the ship, provide entertainment. And you actually see the guy sort of kind of scrunch his face up. He's like, that's really weird. You'd be the second performer that we've hired this week, but we could always use some, some of that on the ship. So sure. And then he looks at Glug and he assumes that Glug's going to be uh, a laborer. And then when Glug explains that he's a, a, a healer, uh, he readily allows him to join. Now, there's two different ships that are leaving. Do you guys want to try to separate with a couple on each, or do you
2: all want to get on one? Or well,
1: what's wait your plan a minute. Here?
2: What are we leaving for? I don't know <laughs> why
1: we're leaving. This is the town we're supposed to be in.
2: This is the town where he said he thinks the ball is at. Right. But He also indicated that he assumed that the thief would be looking for
0: a way out, and that the airships would be the most likely
2: avenue. Is that what these are?
0: Yes. So you are loading airships.
2: So maybe the thief is in the town because the ships are delayed, and we could get on the same ship.
1: We don't know anything about the thief, do we? Nope. Besides, he left a tiger paw. Correct. Bummer.
2: Um. Bummer.
1: When do birthmark. you think?
2: When do you think the the ships will be ready to leave?
0: Well, our uh, our guides are telling us that the snowstorm should pass sometime tonight. We expect to leave first thing in the morning.
2: Um. When we're done with our work today, where is a place we can in town we can stay for the night?
0: There's a couple of taverns that
2: provide uh, reduced rates for, for all
0: the men. Just let them know that you're with us, and you'll get a discount, but you do have to pay for your own room.
2: Okay. Have you had anybody strange come, anybody that you would call strange come and inquire about getting on the ship? I mean, I'm sure you have a lot of people that a lot of all kinds of different people that come through here but
0: yeah, hey pretty much tells you yeah i mean there, this this town is a hodgepodge there's working people there's foresters loggers miners and then you have some people that that travel here and, and they actually like almost like big game hunters cuz they go into the forest and
2: does anybody seem like they were in an extra hurry or or <coughs> aggravated did, did anybody you recall anybody being aggravated with you because the people are like always it? aggravated with me
1: Anybody sorry, have anything they were? That. Anybody have anything they were carrying they didn't want you to touch?
2: I don't pay attention to, to that. It's not my place. Okay. All right. Well, then we'll help them for the rest of the day and uh, okay. then go find a place to stay. All right. So you guys
0: spend several hours loading and unloading cargo, and you get the feeling that there these ships should have left at different times like it's unusual that there's two ships leaving at the same time it's sort of like a train schedule situation but because of the weather they couldn't fly so they're both kind of laden with like half and half of the same stuff so it's like lots of cargo the saw wood the minerals um you know whatever else precious metals and then there's just a few passengers on each one and then the crew so they're not like cruise lines they are not full of people but there's a crew of about 20 sailors on each one there's probably 10 to 15 passengers on each one and the majority of it's cargo and um there you know there's two different captains two different first mates two entirely different crews they're going to go to two entirely different places um so it's really at this point for you guys it's just going to be a pick of which one you want to get on
1: they're headed to the same place no they're right headed
0: now? to different places the the Alton basically gave you pretty much you know your your pick you could join either one you wanted when you guys go back to the tavern, there is some of the passengers that are waiting. One of them is very, very pregnant, and Glug is sort of going to attach himself to her and offer her some medical healing because she's ready to pop any day but doesn't want to do it in this town wants to get back home. So he would like to go with her on the, on the ship that she goes on, if at all possible.
2: <laughs> well, I feel like we need to make a better decision than just he's attracted to a pregnant lady.
1: Well, I mean, I think if we split up, you should probably go with him so that he can take... Well, if,
2: if we split up, then that's like the end of the game. Because these are just two ships that are going in two different... two completely different places that...
1: What if we choose a place and we're wrong? We're uh, behind when, schedule.
2: Did he give a time when they'll first start boarding the ships? Uh,
0: he said they'll be to hell first thing in the morning. So uh, talking to the other laborers essentially like five o'clock in the morning was when they're going to start embarking and by eight o'clock they expect to be
2: flying in the skies i think all four of us should get there before five o'clock and set up basically like posts and we're gonna watch everybody getting on the ship for that one guy that just doesn't look right okay we're gonna so we'll sleep but we'll wake up early set our alarm okay and wake up early and get there before five o'clock before they started in boarding and then we'll either i guess we we could ask if are, are there any for, we'll ask if there's any like does he need help boarding people like we could like check people in or help people carry things or something like that or well, he'll tell you,
0: not him personally but some of the actual passenger passengers might be willing to throw some coin your way to to help with their luggage and things but from as far as the ship goes
2: no. okay so we'll, that, that'll be our excuse then. We'll station ourselves two and two at the ships and we'll be there like assistance for hire that hey, you need help with your bags or you need help with that. We'll uh, It'd be like porters, bell yeah. hops.
0: Okay. All right. So you guys spend the night. The bard will be downstairs telling stories and uh he draws a bit of a crowd. This is a sort of the rotty bunch that the fact that he's not very good at what he does is actually sort of like, a good thing like they really get into to some of his bad stories and bad jokes and they all think it's part of the act and they're having a good time and laughing uh so he's he's kind of brought brought some goodwill to you guys anyways you get up early the next morning and um go ahead let's let's do a higher low here low so there's two different groups of passengers one is the pregnant lady and her husband and the other is one of the big game hunters who came into the forest after the elusive white stag, which he did not get. They both would like for you to help them with their bags. And again, Glug is kind of attached to her anyways, making sure that she's okay. um, Cause things are very close to happening with her. So it kind of gets you close to the docks and you, you go on board and you're, you know, you're taking them to their rooms and it's, Pretty much like a ship, it just happens to fly. There's not a whole lot of difference to it. I mean, it looks very much like a regular ship with a deck and cargo and, and quarters. It just happens to have a glowy ring of fire that encircles it and allows it to fly. Go ahead and roll me perception checks. I got a twenty.
1: I got a six. Okay.
0: So as you're doing this and you happen to, you know, you're trying to pay attention to everything that you can, all the different people, what you actually overhear is one of the other crew members saying, hey, did you get a load of her last night? The other guy's like, I know who you're talking about. He's like, that that uh, acrobat they hired, man, she is fine. And sort of having a conversation about this acrobat that they hired on as additional entertainment. And he said that he was watching her practice last night and, you know, just going off about how cute and limber and petite she is. And he's all excited about her show. Uh, you don't actually see this woman, but it's about the only thing that
2: catches your eye or ear the whole time that you're doing this. Okay. That's what a natural 20 got me? Yeah. Okay.
1: Got you some dirty talk from a pervert. <laughs> That's right.
2: <laughs> hey, so the whole time that people are boarding the ship, we never see her get on?
0: No. But you know which ship she would be on now uh, because it
2: was the one that you were loading cargo onto. All right. So then we'll board that ship. Okay. High or low? Low.
0: That happens to be the one that the pregnant lady is getting on anyway, so Glug agrees to do that as well. Okay. Okay. So you guys set sail early the next morning. I'm assuming that your characters have never been on airships before, so you might be a little bit excited about that. Standing on deck, kind of watching how things go, so you climb up like a big tower and get on board. This isn't, we're not playing in the Eberron setting, which I know means nothing to you, but um, but um this is the type of airships that's in Eberron. especially there's, there's like an elemental creature that's captured and attached to the ship so there's like a glowy ring that encircles the whole thing and allows it to fly so it's not like a zeppelin that that there's like a big air balloon it literally looks just like a ship that's flying
1: i'm the king of the world yeah basically all right
0: so you guys get on there it's really cold really crisp air on deck but there's no precipitation there's not many clouds you guys you know there's the the whole landscape below you is covered in a big thick layer of snow is very pretty but it's also very featureless because of that it's kind of hard to really tell much both ships pretty much set sail the same way for several hours and then they start to spread apart and they're heading off into different directions and you're told that it'll take you about six days to get to the town that you're going to is the town of Halliston. so if you fly all the way there then it's going to be six days which will add another six days to your trip back which puts you at like three days left so that first night the captain asks nick's character to perform sort of almost like a competition between him and the acrobat since they do have two the two events happening kind of simultaneously so sort of almost like a dueling banjos type of a thing of performances so what would you guys like to do I,
2: i don't i don't
0: know
1: i mean it's just two shows going on right
0: yep So again, it's 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 basically a regular ship, so there's not like there's a
1: amphitheater on a carnival cruise line. They're
0: gonna make shift a little place inside like the galley for people to set. So there's there's not really a stage, there's not really a great place for this to happen, but you know that almost everyone on board, other than people that are actively running the ship, will be there in that room.
1: And talk to people and see if they know anything about the acrobats?
2: Yeah. Or what do you want what do you get what do you want to get from us?
0: Are you gonna do anything in particular, in regards to the show, are you going to go or are you not going to go? If you are going to go, do you have any particular. For her show?
2: Yeah, well, they're going to happen at the same time. And it's the acrobat and who?
0: And Nick's character, the bard.
2: Oh, I'll go to her show.
0: Again, they're happening at the same time, same room.
2: Oh. Like I right next these to each
0: other. No, right next to each other. How does that work? So that, again, that's what the captain sort of wanted to set up almost like a, like, like she'll do a little trick and then Nick will do a little thing and then she'll do a little trick just sort of like, kind of a offsetting things almost like a competition to see which one gets the best
2: oh, response okay. all right yeah we'll go
0: okay anything in particular like where are you going to sit what are you going to do where are you going to be or you're just going to enjoy the show they want to get as close as possible is, sit is down there front.
2: a um, backstage area Again, there's not really even the stage so there's not really no just watch for right now
0: okay so you want to try to get close to the front to the front. Okay. So Glug is over with the pregnant lady, who's going to pop any second. Uh, you're up close to the front, and you're just sort of in the middle of the crowd. And Nick is all sort of, you know, there is no stage, but they've kind of cordoned off an area that's going to be the stage for them. Nick goes first. He performs like a, a body ballad song that about some um, mistress to, you know, a, a famous noble and their dalliances, and things go poorly for everyone involved, and it ends in tragedy. But... You know, very ribald and dirty. So everybody thought it was funny. And then the, um, acrobat comes out. She's not a halfling, but she's very short. She's probably like right at five feet tall. So very, very short, very lithe, definitely has an acrobat's build. Just, you know, it's like a 13 year old Chinese gymnast. Basically what she looks like. Very so pretty. Smoking hot. Smoking hot. Very, she is very, very pretty. Uh, hair, hair in like a long braid and doesn't say anything. Doesn't. But she starts doing these just, like, contortionist things where, you know, she'll bend completely over backwards and basically look at her back pocket. She'll grab a table with just her hands and then do, like, a plank where she's completely laid out just with the strength of her hands and her, and her arms. So she does, like, three or four little tricks like this and just silences the audience. Like, they're not necessarily clapping, but they're all just like, holy shit, how does this girl do that? And then she stops and looks over at Nick and then Nick will continue and do his thing. And they go back and forth like five times. And she does keep doing sort of more and more intense things. Uh, she's doing flips off the walls, doing, you know, sideways planks. She's like a full on ninja. Basically, you can tell. I mean, you're very impressed and with, with what, like what is she's able to do, the control of her body. But again, she never says anything, just does her little thing. And then after about. An hour of this, everybody's worked up into a frenzy. The show's about to be over, and everyone's very excited. Is there anything in particular you guys would like to do? Check my ball. Okay. <laughs> we need to <laughs> clarify that you have a wizard ball and one
2: testicle.
0: And yeah. No, not that one. Huh. Not nah, one giant testicle. Uh, it is still in that sated condition.
1: I'm gonna try and wake it up.
0: Okay. <laughs> you're gonna
1: hold up your coconut, you sh- it. shake it like snow globe. <laughs> <laughs> so while you're thinking.
0: There is a loud thumping, crashing sound from above deck, and you hear someone cry out in pain. Okay. So, everybody sort of stops, and then you start hearing someone shouting, but not in pain, but excitedly. You can't really hear the words, they're too muffled, because of the distance. I'll go check it out. Okay. So, you and, like, three other people kind of start following out, seeing what's going on. You make your way above deck, and there's a guy, apparently one of the sailors, that's doing, like, he's just, like, dancing a jig. On the the ship. He's just like singing. Imagine he's probably drunk. He's just dancing and skipping, pulling Charlie Chaplin and jumping up and clapping his his feet together. He's just the most
2: happy guy in the world. I'll go, I'll kind of get close to him and do my best to dance with him.
0: (laughs) All right. Let's give me a dexterity check. See how well you can match up. 21. Okay. You do a great job of mimicking his dance. And within a couple seconds, you guys are just doing like a... Janet Jackson type Vogue thingy, just perfectly in sync. It's just mm-hmm. the mo- most amazing <laughs> thing in the world. It's better than either thing that happened below deck. And after a second, he takes a second, or takes a moment, like gives you like a high five, gives you a hug, and he just like kisses you on the cheek, and goes, I'm alive! Can
2: you believe it? I'm alive!
1: Then you give him some tongue. I like, can believe it. What do you it? mean?
2: <laughs> what? what? Why are you so surprised? Cause I fell! And he points up at the crow's nest, He's like, I just fell out of there, and I hit here,
0: and I'm completely fine.
2: Is there anybody else up there? Mm-mm. Does he have Is he have anything on him, or just as close? Just as close. Hmm. Right now, like, if this is the ship,
0: for the listeners, Evan's drawing the ship, where... of yeah, pretty much in the middle. like Is like, where we're at right now, yeah, you're and we're on top the top. Top deck, crow's top deck. nest. Um, he basically fell out, hit the deck
2: flat on. And how how big is the ship? Like how far is it from here to here and here to here?
0: It's a large cargo ship. I don't know the exact distance, but it's it's big. I'd say like 150 feet each way.
2: Are there any living quarters that are like in the center, or are the living quarters towards one end or the other? Yeah, because the again to get the cargo in, it would go from the top down. So So, there's no there's no
0: real like rooms in the center. There's some. I mean, there's some, but not. It's more open space. Like you were like downstairs in the galley, so you're like one level down, probably a little bit towards the front when you heard the thump. And as this is going on, more and more people are coming out and, and word is starting to spread that old Charlie fell off the crow's nest and he's fine. And people are just like, wow, you know, it's, it's a miracle. It's amazing. I can't believe that that happened. You know, he's so lucky. And then they talk about the dancing farmhand guy who joined him in a jig. Next character goes, first fucking Scott and now Belial. <laughs> Both of you are
2: still in my thunder. Okay. I'm going to take a stroll around the ship. Okay. And I want to cover as much of the ship as I can without without like being in places where I shouldn't be. Like I might stick my head in somewhere or walk into a room if I think maybe I shouldn't be in there and just be like, oh, I didn't know this was off limits. But I'm not get real deep into any okay place, not trying to open a locked door or anything like that. Okay. I just want to walk Start on the top deck and just take, just basically act like I'm strolling and cover as much of the ship on each level as possible. And I just want to see if I can get a reaction from my ball or or see anybody. I think maybe like, I don't know, like, if there's a thief, I would just be in their room with it. They wouldn't leave it, they wouldn't want to leave it alone and they wouldn't want to be carrying it around. I would just imagine they would want to make. Sure, it was safe all the time. I don't. So I just want to do that. I Just want to walk around. Okay.
0: So what are you doing? So you hear the thump upstairs. A few people start milling out. About ten minutes later, the sort of the rumor starts pervading the rest of people that Oh Charlie has fallen, but he's fine. and It's a miracle, and everybody's like all excited and happy about it. So you guys are still down in the galley
1: finishing up the show. So is there anything in particular you want to do? Um, after the show, I think I'd like to try to talk to the the acrobats.
0: Okay.
1: I mean the. Uh, the girl. Okay, she's
0: very standoffish, like you're not the only one, because is very attractive. Right. So a couple other guys sort of, you know, trying to put the move on her, basically completely ignores them, walks away. She actually walks kind of like into the kitchen area in the in the gallery, and she comes out later. She's got like a backpack on, with sort of like a adventurer's backpack. She's got all these buckles and pockets and just bulging,
1: and then she just walks
0: past you guys and tries to go off on her own.
1: I'll attempt to follow her.
0: Okay. She's not going to disappear, so if you continue to follow her, she goes down into one of the quarter areas, and she goes into a room, shuts it behind her.
1: Well, that was uneventful. I guess I'll go back up top and see what he's doing. Okay,
0: so you get there about the time that he's finishing up his jig, and um, he starts kind of just pacing the top of the ship,
1: just wandering somewhat aimlessly around. Two dancing monkeys. Pretty much. So, I don't know. This is the only thing that's been weird that's happened on the ship. So So far. far. Yeah. There'll
2: probably be more stuff. Like, somebody, two drunk guys are going to get in a fight, one of them's going to get stabbed and be like, and wake up and be fine. Because of the ball somewhere on here. Right. I just want to keep walking around and hoping to get some reaction from my ball. Like, I mean, it should be giving me something now, just because I'm in such a close proximity, unless it's on the other ship, or the other guy smashed it.
1: Do you want to take your ball down near her room to see if it reacts
2: yeah eventually i'll cover it in part of as i'm walk making my rounds
1: okay so are you going to walk with him yeah
0: okay so you guys walk together carter and glug are kind of doing their thing they're 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 playing their angles as well and um takes you about an hour for each level to walk it because you're you're trying to not look like you're up to something so you're trying to meander and poke and prod and look at things and it is actually very beautiful as well as it's getting night clouds are sort of abated there's a you know a moon the snowy bottoms and the trees it is actually a very beautiful sight anyway so you may even get caught up in that for a second but you travel travel the entire top deck and you're not sure if you felt anything from your ball or not it's one of those things where you kind of think maybe you did but it wasn't definite it's almost like sometimes you think your phone goes off and you check it but nothing's there vibrate i'm not sure but uh you go down the second level and you start your process over again about two-thirds of the way through you're now getting into the back half of the quarters which is where ando would tell you you know this is the room that i saw the acrobat go into and you definitely feel a pulse right as you're kind of right in front of the door it's the first time that your ball's done anything
1: since the book don't worry she does the same thing to my ball
2: okay just keep walking
0: okay so you continue walking on. You cover the rest of the back half of the ship. No other sensations, any pulls or draws. Uh, you have another level, and then you are all the way down in the cargo. So it takes you like four hours to go through all of it. You don't sense anything else.
2: I'm gonna ex- explain. I'm explaining to you basically. Um, I've, I have a plan to. I'm gonna go knock on. I'm gonna go first. I'm gonna go to that door and try to open it, and I'm gonna pretend to be drunk. And pretend like I'm trying to get in my own room. So I'm gonna open the door and then be like, "What's going on?" And then knock on it. And I just want to get. I just want to see who comes to the door, what they're like. If I see more people in the room, I just that's all. And then I'll be like, "Oh, I'm sorry," and I'll walk away. If any any of that even happens, just to scope just to scope it out. So so act drunk with me. Okay, we're gonna go down the hallway like singing, and then we'll stop in front of the door, <laughs> and and I like I I <laughs> I, yeah, trying to get into our room. Well, oh, I can't wait to get in my room. In my room. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, All right, roll me a
0: charisma roll for playing drunk.
2: I well see, I I drink really well. <laughs> I hold my So when I'm drunk, it's I'm, almost like I'm not drunk. You're you're going.
0: I'm drunk. I'm so so drunk. I am extremely wasted. I whoo, man, that was a lot of alcohol that I consumed in a short period of time on an empty stomach. <laughs> that was a bad idea. So, so you make your way to the the, the room. You, you knock on it.
1: Um, uh, first series of pounds, When They open the door. I'm drunk. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm drunk. Nice acting. But I'm not know. as
0: drunk as you drunk. I am. And uh, nothing happens. boom,
2: and. There's,
0: you don't hear anything moving on the
2: inside no one opens the door grab the handle and try to twist it or shake it or something and and yell what's going on alright give me a uh,
0: perception check okay (laughs) so
2: as far as you know nothing happens I want to stick my fingers under the door (laughs)
0: like
2: a cat yeah (laughs) or like a kid hey you pooping in there slide of note. Please unlock my door. <laughs> yes. All right.
0: So um you're doing that for a second and then something steps on your fingers. Not hard, but enough that you feel it. So you, you kind of instinctively pull them back. And then you hear like the like a heavy bolt on the other side being drawn back and the door opens about maybe three inches. Cracks open it's not chained, but it opens about the same distance that a chain door would. And you can see 'Cause you're still on the ground looking up, you see just a couple inches of that girl Acrobat. She's wearing almost like a skin tight lycra suit. I mean it's just like
1: Like catwoman.
0: Uh, kind of like yeah, like a catwoman suit and her hair is unbraided and it's falling around her face and she just kinda looks down at you and a bit of a smirk kinda comes up on her face, but she
2: doesn't say anything. Oh it's my lucky night. There's a beautiful woman already in my room. Please let me in.
0: I a charisma check. Have you seen
2: my baseball? <laughs> Fifteen.
0: Okay. So her uh, her smile kind of widens, and for a second, you think that she's going to open the door, but then she just very quietly, almost in a whisper, says, "This isn't your room," and then shuts the door. So kind of knock right in your face, then slam it, Just shuts it, and then you hear the of you a know, heavy
2: bolt being latched. Okay. Wait, it, this may not be my room, but Would you want to have a drink with me? No response. I have some magic spells that may help you with your contortionism.
1: (laughs) We got these beers. (laughs) You hear, uh, you hear,
2: well, you probably wouldn't hear.
0: uh, There's, like, light footsteps come back to the door. You hear the bolt being thrown back again. It opens that same, just short distance. This time the smile is gone, and... There's just sort of an odd way, like so. Imagine someone was opening the door and they had their hand up like this. You ever seen about somebody? I kind of hold the door, but but you can't see her hand, but her hand is still up there, but it's on the back side of the door, and you're you just get the feeling that she's probably got a weapon in that hand, but she's hiding it out of view, no smile on her face, and she just simply says, "This isn't your room.
2: Leave me alone."
0: But she doesn't close the door. She just stares at
2: you. I. I just couldn't i uh, i I couldn't live with myself if I left such a beautiful woman alone Will, will you please just just step out and have a walk with me Christmas four I'm not gonna ask you
0: again to leave me alone. this isn't your room,
1: and I'm not
2: interested and she starts to shut the door
1: put your foot in the door tell her this vacuum will change her life
2: is there what <laughs> kind of la well there's a inside lock yeah. All right, I'll let her shut the door. Okay,
0: shut the door. Heavy latch again, and you think you hear faint footsteps
2: walking away from the door once again. Do I have to see somebody to cast sleep?
1: I don't. No, what does it say? Then you can use your magic hand and open the door.
2: It doesn't say anything about it. it. Well, what does it say? It just says choose a point within range. I
0: think you have to be able to see that then, so I
1: don't think that you can cast it. Can you magic hand on the door to open it?
0: You wouldn't be able to see what you're doing but it's possible. It would just be difficult. I'd make, I'd make you make a few rolls. Even if I
2: cast sleep, like I was going to say, I cast sleep on the door, and as long as the creature is within 20 feet, it'll be effective. But then we won't know if she fell asleep. We could try and bust the door down and she could just be awake in there. waiting. It, or al- it also starts
1: with the lowest hit point creature. That could be you. <laughs> you could also bust the door open and just wake her up if she is asleep.
2: I think you have to physically w- uh...
1: What if I get her to open the door and you cast it on us?
2: I know it's not a good plan because in order for sleep to work I roll these dice and whatever they come up let's say it comes up 20 whatever the creature I'm trying to put to sleep is right. their hit points has to be 20 or less and we have I am mean, like she could be like a level 5 something or with 75 hit points
1: right and I have 20 right that would be
2: hilarious though if you
0: put him to sleep in that case, in that situation
1: yeah then she can't shut the door cuz I'm inside she opens the <laughs> door and he goes <laughs> but I fall in and she can't
2: shut the door anymore I'm
1: yeah. oh, sleeping, leave me alone
2: Okay, so we'll be on our way But we know where she's staying <clears throat> How long is our trip?
0: Six days This is the night of the first day
1: Just ask her if her ball thumped too So, if we finish this trip <laughs> Does your ball get the same feeling when
2: you're around me? If so How many days of the 21 days do we have left?
0: When you came back from the swamp, you had 17 days. This is the night of your fifth night since then. So there's 12 days left.
2: So we have to figure out a way to find the ball and get the ship turned around before it gets there. And then we get, because right now, if we ride the ship all the way there, then ride it all the way back, then travel back to the town with the ball saying we get it, it's 20. It'll be more than 21 days,
0: right? Well, you had. You have 12 days left. It's five more to where you're going, six back. So that would give you one day. So you'd have to come turn around, come straight back, and then that would give you one day to get from the town to that town, which took you four days to get there the first time. So based on your knowledge, no, it would not be possible to go all the way to where you're going and then come all so the way back. So
2: either tonight or, like, the next day, we have to get this ball and get the ship turned around. Okay. What? It,
1: which Can we have the lady know, go, go into right? labor to have them turn the ship around? Will they turn around if she goes into labor? No. Yeah.
2: I think this is like the Oregon Trail. You just have the baby on the way
1: to Minnesota. I thought the Oregon Trail went to Oregon. I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything because I didn't want to sound stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you were supposed to know either.
2: That's why it just works.
1: Oh, okay. It's like Kennedy's buried in Grant's tomb.
2: If yeah. you reference something really obscure... That nobody knows about. <laughs> Nobody'll
1: call you home. <laughs> Except <laughs> it can't be called the Oregon Trail to Minnesota. <laughs> I guess it could. Unless you're going to Oregon, Minnesota. Yeah. No,
2: you could be coming from Minnesota.
1: To going to to Oregon I'm just messing with you. Just have another beer. <laughs> yeah. It'll make more sense <laughs> when you're drunk. <laughs> I'll explain it to myself on the way home. Listen. When Listen I to was me now. Right.
0: Listen to me now and think about it later. It
1: was up y'all both ways to Oregon.
0: <laughs> it makes a loop, man. You go in Oregon and you come back and you're back in Oregon.
2: It's awesome. Uh, so we could first we could try and bust in this room. Mm, that sounds dangerous. We well, we get the four of us, we knock the door down. Try to knock the door down. And if that works, then it's going to be game on. It's going to be initiative. And who knows what will happen. I don't have a plan to. I have no plan B. (laughs) Because we're on a time crunch. Right. Where we can't sit around on the ship and, like, just wait for the perfect opportunity. When, you know, just sit around and be like, well, the time will be right. Because if we just keep waiting, then it doesn't... Even if we do get the ball... By the time we get turned around and head back and get to the town, it'll be too
1: late. Hey, he doesn't know if we would turn around if the lady went into labor. Correct. We're only one day into the trip.
0: Correct. This is the night of the first day.
1: There's not anything that they can do to induce labor. Plug doesn't have a spell or a drink or anything. Probably
0: not. He He's not really a midwife. He's just kind of
1: filling in. Right.
0: So he... You know, he's just doing the best he can.
1: I think that's our way back. Because regardless, even if we bust into this room, we still have another five days on the ship and then six back or whatever. What I told him while you were gone, I think the only way we're going to get the ship turned around is if the woman has the baby. Because even if we kick in the door, we still have to wait 13 days to come back. And now we're on the ship for another five days with someone we just stole some unless we kill them.
2: Well, I, I I relying on the girl having the baby, getting the ship turned around. I think is that she's just gonna have a baby on the ship.
1: Just think it's the only thing different, unless you fake we, sick and we need to
2: turn around right now. Like we could like dump all the supplies so that we can't make it another four Throw days all the food. on the way there. Yeah, or damage just start the sh- taking
1: shits in the hallway. Or damage the ship.
2: Yep. All right, so what do you guys want to do? Still, I'm I'm just standing in the hallway, I'm just thinking. So I could, like, slide a note under her door and say, I've got a ball <laughs> that I want her to see.
0: <sighs> just the
2: one? No, I, could, I mean, I could slide a note and just be like, I I have <clears throat> just a way for us to know whether or not she has the ball. Because if she has no response to it whatsoever, if she's like if she comes back and she's like, Listen, you're creeping me out. You need to leave me alone, then she doesn't have the ball. But if I slide a note under her door, it's like, I have what you have. And she and then she show me yours, I'll fill you mine. Sort something like that.
1: Do you wanna ask her to meet you somewhere?
2: But I would I would think maybe her maybe her ball is Doing the same thing, like as I'm standing in front of the door and I'm getting a pulse, like maybe her ball is doing the same thing. Worth a shot. I'm going to take a selfie of myself (laughs) and (laughs) your ball and send it to her. (laughs) selfie. Update my status. (laughs) (laughs) In a relationship
1: with a ball. Do you have any ideas? I mean, you can... We
2: got to take care of this tonight.
1: Well, you can slide a note saying you have an item, a like item, and see if she wants to meet you. And then when she comes, we can try and take it. This is what
2: I'm going to do. How about I write on, how about I write a note that says, I have a certain number of men on the ship that were hired to get the ball back. And she can either give it, she can either give it up, or be killed. And not four men, I'll say, like, you know, we have 20 men on this ship. Something, I don't want to say 100 men, because she'll be like, well, there's only, (laughs) it's not possible.
0: You, you do math like you pretend to be drunk.
1: That'll be the name of the episode.
0: Wow, I'm so drunk.
2: <laughs> hi, I'm hi, drunk. Hi, I'm drunk. Who are you?
1: Take me drunk, I'm home. I'm not as drunk as you think I am. Yeah. Wait.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: Did you mean to say it yeah. that way? Okay. That's
0: what I meant. Because you're not really drunk. Um. I'm not as drunk as you think I am. Wait. <laughs>
1: I was wait, drunk cuz you think wait, you are. Wait, I didn't are. say that
2: right. No, you you said that right. <laughs> yeah, you said. No, that. no, I didn't say that right.
1: <laughs> no, wait, it's got to be your ball. Yeah. I mean, if we knew more about her like if she was greedy or something, you could ask if if her ball gives her riches too and maybe she'll come to get the one that gives money. You know, maybe she sees that her ball is good fortune or whatever. But the only thing we know about her is she Do we
2: know anything about the, about the ball or uh, what I by knowing that they had, like, I do know some about the other balls, yeah. so what I know which ball they had, what it did?
0: Roll a um, Arcana or Magical Lore or whatever the equivalent of that would be. I have Arcana. Now I'm just going
1: to say no, because you were <coughs> sucky tonight. Rest my case. Nine. Okay. Uh, all that you know
0: is that there are 13 of them, that they do have different powers and abilities, and... In some cases, people even consider they have different personalities, and that there is a ball that is all white
2: that is known as the ball of life. And that's uh, what you assume this one is. So, why would she want it? And why would she know where it is? See, I don't know whether to think about this as one of Michael's <coughs> typical games where we're really supposed to figure all this stuff out, or is this just a straightforward game and I'm putting too much thought into it.
0: While you're sitting there debating on what you should do,
2: you See? hear. A loud thump from above you. More people jumping off the Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> no reason to check it out. I'll go
0: see what it is. <laughs> so, uh, as you guys walk out, that's actually what people think. A couple people start going, Did he jump again? That fool boy's going to kill himself. And then a couple minutes later, another loud thump. And as you're continuing to walk, couple people stick their head out and I I don't think that's old Charlie and then you hear and then you hear a general cry of alarm Sky Pirates you can give us feedback and comments on our website therpgacademy.com you can listen to previous podcasts on our website and subscribe to new ones on iTunes. If you have a suggestion for a table topic, we'd love to hear it. Email us at podcast at the RPG Academy.com or connect with us. We're on Twitter at the RPG Academy. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash the RPG Academy. We also have a Google Plus page, The RPG Academy. As always, thanks for listening. And remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.